right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our numbers, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, just your calls next uh, half hour of the program today. Uh, CBS ran an interview, a young woman by the name of uh, Brittany Camiso, and she was describing the exchange, what happened to her with Governor Cuomo uh, at the governor's mansion. And uh, let me play the longer version of it so you get a sense of her sincerity and and how specific she she gets in this interview. I had to go over to the mansion to help the governor with a state of the state speech. I wasn't there late. I did my final edit. And while I was upstairs in the office, the governor said, why don't we take a selfie? So his suggestion, you yes. said. With I, your phone? With my phone. I then felt while taking the selfie, his hand go down my back onto my butt and he started rubbing it. Not sliding it, not, you know, quickly brushing over it, rubbing my butt. And did you ask him, what are you doing? Well, this was while I was taking the selfie. I became so nervous that my hands were clearly shaking and a lot of the photos that I was snapping were completely blurry. I showed him them and he said, oh, you know, those aren't, you know, those aren't good. And he said, why don't we go sit on the couch and we can take a better one. So you sat on the couch? Um, I sat on the couch because I thought to myself, okay, I don't think on the couch that he would have a way to just do what he just did. So I felt safer actually on the couch. And in the photo, you know, I have my arm wrapped around his shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, almost as if, you know, we were taking a picture with a buddy. Mm -hmm. And that is the one that has been blurred out that has been now released to the public. So he gets up and he goes to give me a hug. And I could tell immediately when he hugged me, it was in a probably the most sexually aggressive manner than any of the other hugs that he had given me. Um, it was then that I said, you know, uh, Governor, you know, my words were, you're going to get us in trouble. And I thought to myself, that probably wasn't the best thing to say, but at that time, I was so afraid that one of the mansion staff, that they were going to come up and see this and think, oh, you know, is that what she comes here for? And that's not what I came there for, and that's not who I am. And I was terrified of that. And when I said that, he walked over, shut the door so hard to the point where I thought for sure someone downstairs must think, they must think if they heard that, what is going on, came back to me, and that's when he put his hand up my blouse and cupped my breast over my bra. I exactly remember looking down seeing his hand, which is a large hand, thinking to myself, oh my God, this is happening. It happened so quick. He didn't say anything. When I stopped it, he just pulled away and walked away. I want to read to you what the governor said, quote, to touch a woman's breast, who I hardly know, in the mansion, with 10 staff around, with my family in the mansion, to say I don't care who sees us, I would have to lose my mind to do such a thing. Reading that is disgusting. It's simple. I know the truth. 
He knows the truth. I know what happened, and so does he. For more than three months, she says she didn't tell anyone until she watched Governor Cuomo's press conference on March 3rd. But this is what I want you to know, and I want you to know this from me directly. He almost has this smirk that he thinks that he's untouchable. That was the tipping point. I broke down. You know, I said, he's lying. I felt like he was personally saying it to me. All right, those were the words on CBS by Brittany uh, Camiso. Now, she was previously known prior to this interview as executive assistant number one, tearfully detailing uh, the groping, the unwanted touching, creepy encounters with Cuomo, for whom she started working in 2017. Uh, these were not the hugs you'd give his brother or mother. These are the hugs with the intention of getting some personal satisfaction out of it, sexual satisfaction out of it, and then started to be hugs and kisses on the cheek, and and you just heard the rest of it. This now makes her the second woman to go into specific detail about groping, which then gets into the the conclusion of the attorney general and now four separate jurisdictions within New York. Uh, you have you have prosecutors now criminally investigating this case. Uh, now we know in Albany, for example, one of the, the other one aide that had, had said that very specifically that he had groped her under her, her blouse, etc. Uh, now it's. Now it's the legal side of this, which I've been saying is going to be the biggest challenge that he's going to face here. Now, we also have his what's his top aide or what people refer to as his enforcer or mo most trusted aide principal, you know, I guess person. Uh, Melissa DeRosa has now resigned and speculation swirling. She may start cooperating with prosecutors. And she probably would be the person, if there is anybody that knows anything other than the people that were with him in these moments alone, it probably would be her. Um, and it was her comment leaving was, it's been the greatest honor of my life to serve the people of New York for the past 10 years. In a statement released last night, adding that the past two years have been uh, emotionally and mentally trying. Uh, this is significant, and as she was seen as, as one of the governor's most trusted top aides. And she stood by Cuomo for years, even as his inner circle kept shrinking and shrinking. And many top staffers who had helped him win in 2010 had long left the administration. About two-thirds of state assembly members now are saying they favor an impeachment trial if he refuses to resign. Nearly all 63 members of the state Senate have called on Cuomo to step down or be removed, but then it gets to the criminal side of it. The New York Times is reporting, probably a name you've never heard, Kathy Hochul, and she's the lieutenant governor in New York. Uh, she has been extremely harsh in her comments about the governor, uh, but she would take his place, becoming the first woman to lead the state of New York. Um, and uh, anyway, joining us on these new developments, we have Greg Jarrett, uh, he has his own podcast now called The Brief, and Candace Jackson serves as the Deputy Assistant for Strategic Operations and Outreach for, for the Office of Civil Rights in the Department of Education, and the Acting Assistant Secretary from April of 2017 to July of 2018. Um, anyway, she was the attorney for Kathy Shelton, who was a, 
uh, a victim of sexual assault and an attacker that was defended by Hillary Clinton. Uh, anyway, welcome be- both of you back to the program. Let- Greg, let's start now on the legal side of it, because now that case, as you rightly predicted, is growing by the minute. It is, and I must say, and you played a clip of what she had to say to CBS News. She was poised and articulate as she recounted the harassment and the physical abuse she suffered over the course of two long years. I must say her demeanor seemed sincere. Her story was compelling. At one point, she I, said, I would use the word credible. I watched yeah, it. It was credible. Absolutely. And she said, what he did to me was a crime. He broke the law. Uh, she will make, I think, a compelling, competent, and as you say, credible witness should the Albany District Attorney decide to bring charges against Cuomo, as I believe he should. She filed a criminal complaint against him. The DA could well decide to arrest and prosecute Cuomo under several New York statutes, uh, forcible touching, sexual assault and battery, even criminal harassment. Let's get your take, Candace. Uh, and this is not your first rodeo in these cases. Tell us what you think and how you felt about this interview, coupled with the, the first accuser of a physical assault. Well, I think the, the posture of, of uh, watching and listening uh, to that interview is, is certainly different in light of the state attorney general report that came out. In other words, this is a, we're now in a different ballgame, a different situation than when accusers first come forward and, and give interviews with the media, and we can all sit back and, and judge credibility and see what our impressions are. But now this is all against the background of a, an extraordinarily comprehensive and thorough factual independent investigation into these allegations. And so in that light, it, it's not at all surprising that I think we're seeing all three directions and pathways of accountability being pursued now. Impeachment, uh, I think civil lawsuits are about to follow, and, and it isn't surprising that uh, this kind of patterned behavior uh, is going to cross over into the criminal realm. Quick break more on the latest with Andrew Cuomo with Greg Jarrett and Candace Jackson and your calls the next half hour. As we continue, Greg Jarrett, Candace Jackson, the very latest on Andrew Cuomo. I've been asked by a number of people, you know, what, what options does Governor Cuomo have? I don't think he survives under any circumstances. And now it's going to be a matter of how long he fights it out. I think his biggest threat is is now it has nothing to do with politics. Uh, the civil cases will go forward regardless. But now I believe the, the criminal issue is is front and center now it's interesting your background is interesting because you were the attorney for kathy shelton a victim of sexual assault and her attacker defended by hillary clinton you wrote the book their lives the women targeted by the clinton machine do you see parallel uh do you see similarities in this well absolutely there there are parallels and then there are are uh, a couple of differences so the parallels are that Cuomo, just like with Bill Clinton, just like with uh, so many other uh, liberal uh, sex um, harassment and and abuse scandals that we've seen over the years, the pattern is the same in the sense of 
even people who are out there politically supposedly standing up for women and taking strong stances against sexual harassment and sexual abuse in their behind-the-curtain lives are, are, are the biggest offenders, and yet their inner circles circle the wagons and, and not only defend their guy, but actually go on the offense against any woman who dares to come forward. All of that happened here. Uh, the difference is that uh, I, I think the zeitgeist has shifted, and now we're seeing um, we're seeing an, an abandonment of let's defend our guy at all costs, and it's coming at frankly the right time. It's coming after a factual investigation has determined that the, these women were credible. He is not credible, and now now he, now he's got to face the consequences. Yeah, you know, Greg. As we now look at the, the way this is unraveling here. It seems that I, I'm not sure the governor is taking the, the legal side of this seriously. But, you know, we saw what was what was unfolding with this this absolutely Adam Schiff show of a press conference last Friday. Um, and I didn't think it went well at all. And it was, you know, I mean, just roundly, just 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 they, they, people were excoriating the lawyers. What is your take on what the defense is here? And where do you see this going? Well, they were acting as his shills, uh, you know, and they were roundly mocked for the anemic arguments they tried to make on his behalf, and it reeked, Sean, of desperation. Uh, Rita Clavin, one of the lawyers, griped that Cuomo is 63 years old. He's been in public life for four decades. She said for him to be all of a sudden accused of sexual assault, uh, doesn't pass mustard. Uh, you know, uh, amazingly, she said it with a straight face. You know, um, that, that's the kind of defense that, that his legal counsel intends to mount. Well, then Cuomo should be hiring better, smarter lawyers. The fact that nobody came forward until recently is irrelevant. You know, Harvey Weinstein sexually harassed and assaulted women for years and got away with it before the truth finally emerged. And he was prosecuted and convicted because his victims had the courage to finally speak out about his hideous acts of abuse dating all the way back to the 1970s. So that's not a defense that's going to work. I think Andrew Cuomo is kidding himself if he thinks he can survive this sex scandal of his own making. There is zero chance his banishment from office, I think, is inexorable. Does this now highlight Lucy Flores and Tara Reid and Joe Biden? Or does the media just give him a pass? We have 30 seconds left. Candace. Oh, I, I think it should highlight it. I think that that element of uh, Democrat and liberal hypocrisy on sexual harassment issues is going to continue. I, I think that everyone will uh, will go after Cuomo and, and you know, kind of do the right thing as far as holding him accountable and, and give Joe Biden an absolute free pass. Yeah. All right, we're going to continue to follow the case. We'll have more on Hannity tonight on all of these uh, developments. 800-941-SHAWN is a number you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SHAWN, you want to be a part of the program. So, you know, we have made the point that a riot breaking the law, equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws, we need to have consistency. We don't. I can now, unfortunately, sadly, tell you that 
equal justice under the law, in my opinion, in the United States today doesn't exist. Equal application of laws does not exist. Case in point, Michael Horowitz makes referrals for lying to Congress, the very thing that ended up getting Roger Stone, nearly 30 guys in tactical gear, frogmen, pre-dawn raid, uh, guns drawn, CNN fake news cameras, you know, chronicling the whole thing. They were tipped off and and top officials in the FBI, not the 99 percent of great people, but the one percent. Uh, nothing happens. I mean, it's unbelievable. So we had 574 riots in cities that were officially declared riots. Nearly 3000 injured police officers, 25 plus dead. You watch what happened where city blocks were taking over. Chaz, Chop, Autonomous, Summer of Love, uh, Spaghetti Potluck, Dinner Zones. You know, that's where Horace Lorenzo Anderson Jr. died. And they could barely get him the medical assistance that he desperately needed on time. And so all this goes on. Police precincts burned to the ground. Kamala Harris supporting, you know, a bail fund to get the people responsible for the rioting out of jail in, in Minnesota, Minneapolis. And we saw it in Los Angeles, and we saw it all across America. We've seen it in New York and everywhere. Okay, those are called riots. They're officially declared riots. Okay, January 6th happens. We condemn what happened on January 6th. We've got to protect American institutions. We've got to have laws that are obeyed. And, And yet the only of the 575, when you include all the summer rioting, The only ones the Democrats care about is the one that they can exploit. You have all these murders take place every weekend. We don't know the names of all the people shot and all the people shot and killed. We don't know the names of all of the police officers this year. Over 150 killed in the line of duty. Most of them shot. Some stabbed. Some other ways they're murdered. And, you know, so it, it was very evident from the beginning this is just Nancy Pelosi. Her commission is just, you know, bias. And then they even they get so, you know, so obvious about it. They kick off Jim Jordan and Jim Banks from the commission. One thing, look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But, you know, I, I knew Dick Cheney very well. I actually liked him. This guy served his country, defense secretary, two different tours, vice president. Smart guy, tough guy. Um, I, I believe post 9-11, they, they made a lot of right decisions. They didn't have quite the military technology and capability we have today. I would never go back and fight a war the way we fought the Iraq war. You know, where we have our national treasure banging on, you know, going door to door and banging on the doors in Baghdad. You know, we can we can fight wars now with precision and accuracy by pushing buttons in Tampa. That's how sophisticated weaponry has become. You know, since since they were in office and I look at Liz Cheney and, and Dick Cheney and national security was always probably their most imp, the most important issue for them. And now Liz Cheney has embraced and is frankly partnered with the very people that would regularly say Bush Cheney lied and people died. The very people that would call her father a war criminal. The very people that wanted to put her father in jail for the rest of his life. 
the very people that attacked the work that he did and, and tried to create nefarious intentions when he was in the public sector and he was working with Halliburton, the never-ending attacks against Darth, you know, Cheney at the time. He's dark. He's evil. He's, he's the embodiment of evil. Because that's right out of the Democrats' handbook. What I'm having a hard time understanding, I, I get it. Liz Cheney hates Donald Trump. Okay, I understand that. Fine, but did you hate his policies in Afghanistan? Did you like that he was tough with Russia? Obviously tougher than Putin, uh, than Biden with Putin. Did you did you like the fact that he got free and fair trade deals that nobody thought would ever happen? Did you like the energy independence that he achieved first time 75 years? Did you like how he stood up to China and, and China then started now importing more American goods and and then we put tariffs on China when they were being obstinate. I don't see Joe doing any of these things. He's, he seems to be kissing the ass of every, you know, dictatorship out there in the world today, forcing South Korea to give the Mullahs in Iran, what, $7 billion. You know, Putin gets a waiver for the pipeline, but we fire Keystone XL pipeline workers here. Putin's rewarded with all the cyber attacks by getting a summit with the cognitively weak Joe. Then, of course, the whole Hunter Biden question about how compromised the entire family is. But, you know, I, I just wonder, I just went back in time a little bit. Maybe remind Liz, the people that are now praising her in the media, the Democrats that she's now partnered with. Maybe just a reminder of who she's now best friends with. Dick Cheney. He's yeah. the one that created al-Qaeda by taking over the Holy Land in Saudi Arabia. He's the one that debathicized the Iraqi government and created ISIS. And he's coming back again with more advice. I, th I think it's a mess. It's a mess that Dick Cheney and others created. I saw it backstage in your opening monologue that you, you, you mentioned Dick Cheney, this yeah. kind of, you know, embittered bacteria of some of humanity who and i think about it it's always it's always a surprise to me to to remember that you know through bionic technology and so on this this guy's still here <laughs> and and still not given the credit, and I wanted to give him the credit since you mentioned him. I mean, these are the guys, he and President Bush and some others, who invented Dash or ISIS. I mean, they really are that which created it. You've got to find somebody who can, who can be absolutely charisma-free and reviled by everybody. So he went, that's got to be bail in it. You know, thank you. And uh, for all the competition, I will be... Uh, corner in the market on uh, charisma free what do you think mitch mcconnell next that could be good wouldn't it um uh, thank you to uh, satan for giving me inspiration on how to play this role Look, Cheney is awful, first of all. He's just awful. If you can't trust a man who shot his own friend in the face because he thought he was a bird. I was stunned to hear that quote from Vice President Cheney just now. If he doesn't think that was torture, I would invite him anywhere in the United States to uh, sit in a waterboard and go through what those people went through. Okay, yeah, if you talk to uh, Mr. Rodriguez, who was in the room, and others, we wouldn't have gotten the, the courier, found the courier uh, through... KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, that led to the guy that w was delivering all of Osama bin Laden's mail 
you know, which led to Abbottabad, whatever it's called in Pakistan, where they were able to get Bin Laden. Anyway, so it's Kinzinger and it's Liz Cheney. Maybe she forgot, though. Maybe maybe it was just an honest, you know, you know, a forgetful moment like Joe. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. is next you do not want to miss it and stay tuned for the final hour free for all on the sean hannity show and as we continue uh right to our phones we go let's say hi uh we got nick is in new york nick apparently owns a, a pizzeria in queens new york where's your pizzeria Hey, Sean. Pleasure to be on the show. Where's your Where's your store? Where's your uh, pizza? It's in, it's in Howard Beach, Queens, right on right on the border. Howard line, Beach. I know a lot of folks County. in Howard Beach. A lot of a lot of people I, I know hang out there in the summer. Right by Russo's on the Bay. Yeah, what's it called? Fifteen minutes from Davino's. Davino's. If you're in Howard Beach, go to Davino's and say Sean Hannity sent you. What's going on, my friend? Appreciate it. It's fifteen minutes from the Nassau County border, and Mayor Descrazio's new. Uh, Vaccine card restrictions. What do you think the unvaccinated population in New York City, which it's pretty, uh, it's pretty vast. What do you think they're going to do? Are they going to wait in line? We now have to hire bouncers. Let me ask you a question: Is that, are you going to not be able to sell pizza to to anybody that comes in your store and doesn't show you their vaccine card? For right now, the way that he worded it, it's for indoor dining, so you can't go out to eat anymore if you're not vaccinated in New York City. Come August thirteenth. I can't tell you what to do, and I'm not going to urge anybody to break the law, but I will tell you, I find it so offensive. You know, where are your papers before you can get a piece of pizza at your great pizza <laughs> shop? I mean, you got you got to be kidding me. Now, I'm sure you've already suffered a lot because of the draconian now, shutdown measures already. And now we got to hire bouncers for the doors. we got to hire security to check these cards. They don't understand Well, how do you stay in business? We, There's not a lot of profit margin in a, in a pizza. No. no. Especially How much does it cost you to make a pizza? How that, your cost. What does it cost? After labor, insurance, you're not walking away with very much. You're not walking away with very much. What, now, what do you make it on an average, you know, large pie? A regular pie is $17, $18. Profit margin is about 25% on that, on a pizza. Okay, but, and you know. that's not a lot. It may sound like a lot, no. but it's not. By the way, and some of you that don't live in New York and you eat this crappy pizza all the time, trust me, you're not, you don't know what pizza is until you've lived in New York. It's much better. Um, that's That was my biggest complaint when I didn't live in New York 16 years. Um, <laughs> and that, and I couldn't find a good bagel anywhere. But putting that aside, you know, I feel, yeah. I feel terrible for, for guys like it, yourself, Nick. You, you know, horrible. you built a business. You put your heart and soul into it. Let me ask you, how many hours do you work a week? It's a family-owned restaurant. It's a family-owned restaurant. It's my whole family in there. Uh, How we, many hours do you, you, do you put in a week? We're, we're there at least, at least five nights a week working, at least 12-hour days. Going job yeah. to job, work full-time, go work there at night. I mean, it's just so hard, and we're like, we're, we're killing guys like you. It just the New York is just killing businesses like yours. And you, know, you I, drive through New York City now, you see in the streets all these outdoor dining structures, all these tents. Guess who had to invest? In that money, just to just to keep the doors open, keep their employees working. The restaurants were asked to foot the bill for all the lumber, all the manpower that it took to to get the the, the sound outdoor. Yeah, and by the way, you know play, you which, know what they're really creating here? It's such a crock because what they're creating yeah. is a, a, an indoor area just covered with plastic and saying it's outdoors. That's all they're doing. It's not any different. <laughs> 
You see it. You see it. It's beyond now, stupid to me. I'm like, I, I go to my buddy's restaurant, um, Chris and Tony's, and I love these guys. And, and you know, so I go, I'm hanging out, and he goes, do you want to? He goes, do you want to stay outside? And I'm like, really? You mean in the indoor plastic room or would I rather eat in the restaurant? Is that my option? Started laughing. Started laughing. Everyone knows it's a crock. Everybody. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Every cop I know, they're not going after you guys. They don't want to hear it. No. No, it, if, it, if anything, they it, come it, in yeah. and they, they, they're buying their own pizza, you know, like just coming in the back door. They're the best. But now what people are going to do is, are they going to wait in line if they're not unvaccinated or they can't bring their children without being mixed up on borderline uh, Queens neighborhoods like Howard Beach, Bayside, Little Neck, St. Albans? Or they're going to drive 15 minutes across the border into Nassau County and not have any restrictions. That's what's going to happen. And that's what's really going to impact yeah, them. For somebody like you close again. to the border, you're going to pay, you know, look, if I ever get in the area, I'm going to come by and see. I happen to be a big pizza lover. And um, anyway, I'm sorry. I really we'll am. I'm truly you. sorry. You and your family deserve better than this. And I wish I could say pack up your business and move to Florida, but that's not exactly easy either. You know, I don't know if you own the building, rent the building, you have, you know, it's, the cost of moving and building a business is dr- so dr- so the, difficult. How many years have you been in business, is, Nick? You're going, it's it's going to be inevitable pretty soon to, to pack up and leave. It's going to be inevitable for people like how many us. How many years have your family been in business? Uh, we've been, we opened up three years ago. So we had one year of normalcy, uh, oh, a year man. and a half of normalcy, and a year and a half of chaos. Yeah, no, well, it's, I hope. I hope. Listen, I can tell you what, that what people in this audience, they get it, and it, there's nobody listening to this that isn't saying this sucks. No, yeah. I don't want. I don't want anybody to fail. Especially, this is your dream, your family's dream. You put your heart and soul into it. I'm sure your 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 menu's phenomenal. You kill yourself every day. It's not easy work. It's a heavy lift. The margins are small, and they're making it impossible. And then whatever money you do make, they take half of it anyway. Um, hang in there, my friend. I can, one day I hope to stop in and see you. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. Also, what they were doing. Well, I don't uh, care. I'm walking in anyway. And if you want to call the cops on me, call the cops on me. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Linda Hannity arrested for going into pizza parlor. Uh, failed, refused to show identification. His papers on uh, his his vaccination status. Just say you're there to pick up Obama's catering for his bash. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm here for Barack. It's I'm going to take it up to Martha's Vineyard. That's all. Yeah. That's all you're doing. I hope you had a good. I hope you had a good time. I'm going to talk about that with our friends Mark Simone and Joe Concha at the top of the hour. Quick break. Right back. 